This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yeah, so I was kind of a late into the Marvel Universe kind of stuff. It wasn't until about three or four years ago. I'm not really a comic book guy, but went through all those movies and watched them in order. And now I find every opportunity to to find one on TV or, or to download one. You, you're a big Marvel guy, too, or you down with that? You know what? Actually, I'm a lot like yourself there, uh, Mayor. I never got into comic books as a kid, um, and I didn't even see my first you know Marvel movie until maybe three or four years ago. Um, and since then, I, my wife and I, we've watched it all the way through once. And we just started um, a couple of weeks ago, going back through and watching it in chronological order. Yeah. I tell people, you don't have to be a, a comic book fan and you, you just have to like good movies. The stories to me, and then yeah. are, are phenomenal. The storytelling is great. The character development's great. And then when you do watch them in order, you realize the whole thing is about 20 years of, of one movie it's about 20 it's one big movie yeah it's almost like a soap opera what's your what your top three in the marvel universe um if we're going just like the marvel cinematic universe kind of stuff i would say um i'm gonna go off the board here i'm gonna go ant-man um that's probably my number one because it's it's paul rudd just being paul rudd right um, i agree that's one of my top three as well and he Actually, my my favorite character that's in the universe is actually in that as well, and it's um, it's his friend Luis, the guy who tells the stories. That is basically Billy Gill telling stories. Mm-hmm. I freaking love that guy. Um, got and second, I guess would be maybe the the, the first Thor. Um, a lot of it takes place in in New Mexico. Um, you know, special special to my heart. And maybe the third one. Uh, Infinity War, maybe Endgame. I, I, it's, it's, you know, get, get, give me the rest of them in, in third place. What about yourself? Sure. Those are good choices. I'd have to throw Ragnarok in there only because it makes fun of its, you know, it's making fun of movies. Uh, it just, it's kind of like saying, no, that we're, we're doing this, but it's all kind of tongue in cheek and we're kind of taking it to the nth level. But I think it's, uh, I think it's great. And like you said, you can kind of loop Infinity Wars and Endgame into one big thing i actually watched uh, age of ultron last night and that that was a really mm. good movie as well so there's there's not a bad one speaking of superheroes we just had one jump into the zoom it's will good evening how are you 
<laughs> that was uh, quite possibly the largest leap of a transition I have heard yet on, on this series. But thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yep, I just dropped into the Zoom, got a, got a link in the chat, and uh, and decided to hop on here. Well, thanks. Real casual. like. Thank you so much for joining us. Want to have a little bit of a conversation to get to know our Lower Ranger. And this is especially uh, fun for me to be able to talk with you a little bit about this because of everybody that's in this group together, you are the only one who I've actually met face to face. And so we've got, uh, we've got that connection there. So it's great to spend even a little bit more time for you, even though it's via zoom. That's very true. Yeah. You and your wife uh, did a little kind of a day trip. I know you guys like to to get out on the weekends and, you know, obviously it was hard during the pandemic this past year, but you made it through Wilmington and we got some, some lunch downtown at front street brewery. And, uh, and, and yeah, it was, it's, it's thrilling the, to put, you know, obviously I put voices and faces together all the time but you know in person is a is a different vibe it's a different feeling it was super fun to do that and i've been more thoughtful i would have worn the shirt from the restaurant where we ate since i did buy it's a i would have worn <laughs> yeah. that to have that emotional connection but it wasn't the other thing that you and i both have in common is uh, like many of the other members of the lauer family our spouses are totally clueless as to why in the heck we have this obsession that's very, very true. Yep. Uh, my wife uh, has listened on occasion. Usually it's on a long road trip, you know, uh, during the week, the the episode, you know, the, the podcast would come out and I would I would put it on and, and she would laugh and chuckle here and there. But as far as doing a whole podcast about a podcast, that's that's a whole uh, other level of fandom that I don't think most people can can understand unless you're one of us, quite frankly. Absolutely. So what is it that you do during the day when you're not listening to Lebitard or while you're listening to Lebitard? Yeah, while I'm listening to Lebitard, um, I so I work for a car dealership here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, I detail cars, work back in the paint and body area, um, you know, do paint correction, buff, refinish headlights, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, when you trade your car in or if we buy your vehicle at an auction or something, I'm the guy that you know, dyes the carpets and buffs the outside, waxes it, uh, do, does minor repairs and, and details it basically gets it, gets it looking good for the lot. Um, that's what I do during the week on the weekends. I'm also a wedding officiant, which is my excuse to dress nice and, and, uh, do something, do something a little more public facing, you know, and I get to walk people through what is hopefully the happiest moment of their life up until that point. Um, and you know, Occasionally, it turns out to be probably the, you know, one of the worst decisions they've made. Um, you know, that's just bound to happen, statistically speaking, right? You know, sure. like, I think about that every once in a while. I'm like, you know what? I, Good luck, you two. I hope, I hope this turns out to be the right thing. <laughs> I hope this takes. Dad, put down the shotgun. We're not doing that tonight. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I got to get this ceremony over with her water just broke. One of those things. Now, you, you are not a tremendous sports fan, though, are you? So not really. So I, I grew up watching primarily 90s basketball. And the entire reason I was ever able to get into Lebitard show was because it's barely a sports show, right? They they talk about sports about as much as I 
actually follow and pay attention to sports. It's like the perfect ratio. And so, yeah, I grew up with the the mid-90s Charlotte Hornets teams like Muggsy Bogues and Alonzo and Larry Johnson, Glenn Rice, those guys, uh, following them. And, yeah, that was pretty much it. I, I grew up on that and then following NASCAR when I was young. So Dale Jarrett, uh, of course, Dale Earnhardt, um, uh, Tony Stewart, those guys uh kind of 90s early 2000s nascar and that's that's primarily the extent of my sports true sports fandom now i'm just a fan of individual players and athletes and kind of don't care what team they're on it's entertainment it's funny because the show has kind of drawn you kind of into sport where it's kind of drawn me who was more of a diehard like know every single player it's kind of drawn me out and kind of maybe kind of take a step back and kind of laugh about the fact that, Hey, why are you taking this so seriously? It's supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to be fun. Don't haggle over the second or third string guards going to be, you mentioned, (laughs) you mentioned NASCAR and being in North Carolina. Did you, have you been to any of the speedways? I have not. I've never been to an actual, actual NASCAR race. Um, We were supposed to go to uh, Rockingham one time and something happened. I think my dad ended up, taking a job out of town for, you know, a couple months. So we didn't end up going to one. Um, but that's, that's the only, only time I want to go though. I, I, I need to, because even if you're not people that I've known that don't follow NASCAR at all, say that the experience is unreal and, and, and super unique. I do want to talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, you have been an integral part of, of the Lauer After Hours family, one of the early members. And actually, from the moment we started having large Zoom meetings with some pretty big name guests, you've been the one that's kind of been holding the ship and kind of moderating that. And, I, you know, obviously officiating weddings has, has kind of helped with that. But, um, but there's a lot more to it than that. Um, the fact that your song you you created a song that is the opening theme for the local hour how did you learn about that and what was the experience how how did it make you feel to know that you'd become really a part of the show's history and a big part of it man so this was right after i think there was like a week in between when they finally left ESPN, which I think was like was was early January, uh, right after they came back from vacation, I think they were only like there for two days, mm-hmm. and then they they switched feeds and everything. I was just at work. Um, it was the very beginning of that little sea shanty craze that happened at the very beginning of the year for some very bizarre reason, where sea shanties took over TikTok. I had just seen that, and I was like, you know what would be cool is if I tried to come up with a sea shanty for the show since they're going with this whole pirate radio idea. And yeah, the Wellerman was the name of the the sea shanty that that kind of took took everything by storm. Uh so I was at work, I was detailing a car. I was I I decided to listen to I think it was some flogging Molly just to get kind of like an Irish uh, kind of jig vibe going in my head. I listened to, uh, I think the album Drunken Lullabies and tried to come up with like a mock melody. And then I just started, you know, thinking of, of as clever a lyric as I could to include everybody up until that point. Uh, and then by the time I had actually gotten to recording it, they had announced that Amin was leaving ESPN uh, and and then John Skipper got announced shortly afterwards. So that week 
after there was just like a lot of information dropping and I wanted to include as many specific details as possible. And honestly, by the time that I, from the, the moment I had the idea to the time I got home and recorded it in my closet on my iPhone, doing everything, the little snare hits, the, the little, the, the voices you hear on the background, that's all me singing into the microphone that I used to do this podcast on that just sticks into the bottom of my iPhone and sat on my little tripod. And I stood right here in my closet. I told my wife, I was like, honey, do you have, like shows that you can watch that you need to catch up on. And fortunately it was like a Wednesday night and she's like, yeah, this is us is on. Um, I've got that other hospital show. I was like, okay, I, I'll be back. I got to go get something out of my head. Right. Like I, as Greg Cody would say, I'm a dog with a bone. Right. So I went into the closet. I knocked it out. I lined up the snare hits, which took me way longer than they should have. Uh, and then there it goes. And I, I sent it to Chris Cody. I'd sent him some, parodies before i did the just the tua of us um uh during the the tua parody craze that they had for a couple weeks and so i had his email i sent it to him i said hey if you guys can use this cool if you know if it sucks tell me to kick rocks and uh and he he messaged me back he's like i like it and then sure enough it led off the local hour the following week i wasn't sure it might have been actually like a week between the time that i sent it and I think at the time that they played it, they finally played it. I was like, okay, this is dead in the water, you know, no pun intended, but, uh, this is, this is not going to make it to the show. And sure enough, it did. Mike, Mike messaged me, said he liked it. And there you go. Rest is history. Expertly done. I do have to tell you, uh, or I'd like everybody else to know is what else do you do musically? This wasn't just like an, an idea that just kind of floated in there. You, you're a rather musical person. And so talk a little bit about what you do pre COVID, uh, from musically. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so I, I play in a band called Bandolero. Uh, we released an album a couple years ago. We were supposed to record another one last year, but as with everybody's plans, that didn't go accordingly, right? So we are in the process of of kind of rewriting some stuff, but it, it's kind of a kind of a mix between like ZZ Top and Leonard Skinner and then a little more modern kind of sound to it. But I sing and play guitar in that band. Uh, and I'm also in a band called Beard of Antlers, which is a very heavy metal stoner doom type band. Uh, we've only released one album over the years because it's kind of everybody that's in the band is also in another band that takes their priority so it's kind of like our backup side project and we play shows with other kind of heavy bands that come through wilmington and we've been playing together for for probably eight or nine years and yeah uh that's primarily the extent of my my music right now besides that i i made the beat that introduces lower after hours um and a couple other things midweek menches uh, I came came up with that one, you know, and it's all just on my phone, on my, you know, my my iPhone Pro Max on GarageBand. I, I love that little little program. It's coming handy. Well, if people want to listen to some of that music, where can they check that out? So uh, on SoundCloud, it's it's uh, my my Twitter name, Christy Yamaguchi Main, uh, combination of the 
1992 Olympic gold medalist in figure women's figure skating, Christy Yamaguchi and trap God from, uh, Georgia Gucci Mane. Uh, so that's my, that's my dumb Twitter Twitter name that, that I go by. All right. Well, that's the way people can check that out. You mentioned you're a wedding official, that you've done that for years. And I want to know what is the the oddest experience you've had in performing those duties? Ooh, this is a this is a good question. Oddest. Hmm. So I did have this wasn't actually a wedding. Actually, I, I was on uh, Jeanette and John and Jose's podcast last night, Talking Jays, and they asked me kind of a similar question. And the, the first couple things that came to mind was that I had a couple contact me about elopement. They were going to come down in like two weeks. And then I checked in with them a couple days, like they had signed a contract and everything. I checked in with them a couple days ahead of the wedding and I texted the bride, Hey, just making sure we're still on. Everything's good for Saturday at one o'clock or whatever. And she texted me back. Who is this? <laughs> and I said, I said, it's the wedding officiant. And she said, Oh, he cheated on me. The wedding is off. And so that, that was a unique thing that, that believe it or not, that no matter what, Film and television has taught you over the years that doesn't usually happen, right? Any kind of big blowups right before a ceremony. Uh, so that happened. I also had a, actually this past Halloween, there was a socially distanced Halloween party in the backyard of these folks' uh, house. And unbeknownst to all the guests that were there, it was a surprise wedding. They thought they were just over there for a Halloween party where everybody was dressing up. And I showed up in kind of a, you know, uh, suit and tie and milled about, acted like I was friends with the couple, um, you know, had, had a had a drink and, and some hors d'oeuvres. And then I asked everybody to gather around. I stood in front of this, this cool looking graveyard with all these props, you know, headstones and stuff behind me and asked everybody to gather around. And, and folks thought I was like a hired professional or something to tell them, you know, spooky ghost stories. And so I give them a little history of the, of, of Halloween and trick or treating. And then I ended it with, but the greatest trick that's been played on you is the one that is being played tonight. Welcome to the wedding of, and then, you know, went into the, the ceremony, asked the couple to step forward. They were dressed as Beetlejuice and the bride. Um, and so they stepped forward. Everybody started with, you know, was shocked and there was gasping and, and, and people started crying and stuff because this couple had been together for a long time and they just had never, never tied the knot. And so I got to do that. And that was, that was probably the, the coolest setting wise as well. Uh, you know, nighttime with, with a very cool set behind me. That is very neat. Hope, hopefully that one takes, right? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> so. You haven't had any repeat customers, so. have you, where you've done somebody's first wedding and said, you know, we did a good <laughs> job, even though it didn't take, we're going to use them again. <laughs> I should offer people like a discount rate. Like, just so you know, like if you get, if, if I do your first wedding and you happen to need a second wedding for whatever reason, it's like 25% off, you know? Uh, and then th just extend that to both, both parties, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe send that like 12 months after the wedding, make sure the checks are cleared and everybody. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Credit karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more with a credit karma money spend account you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, 
You'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So, uh, as I mentioned, you've been uh, an important part of this group from the early inception. How did uh, how did you get introduced into this group? So, I called into the local hour one time to give Hefe advice on his wedding because he had called into the local hour and talked about the fact that he was getting married and being a wedding officiant, they took my call. Mike answered it. He was in a chipper mood. Uh, I said, I've got some wedding advice for, for Hefe. I'm an officiant. And I got on the air. I knocked it out in like 30 seconds straight, nonstop. Here's what you do. Make sure your groomsmen are standing in a three quarters pose, left hand over right hand, nothing in their front pockets. You don't want any odd shapes. The shoulders follow the bride as they come down, make sure the maid of honor, you know, is, is, you know, I just gave them the whole spiel. Right. And, uh, and they all clapped for me at the end of that call. They were like, that's how you do it, fellas. That is how you become a local hour <laughs> caller. And they were all cheering. And, uh, and they had just talked about Ninja Turtles, though. So then I brought up the fact that my dad had worked on Ninja Turtles. And that that completely changed the conversation. They were like, why didn't you start with that? Then they were mad at me that I even gave wedding advice, right? So then I, I talked with them a little bit about uh, the Ninja Turtles. And then I followed it up with, oh, also, by the way, I'm the guy that came up with the phrase entertainment porpoises. And then they were like, okay, all right, caller, let's, let's tone it, let's step back here. Let's, you're getting a little, you know, too big for your britches. So then it was like, it was good. And then they were like, it was even better. And then they got annoyed with me. So then afterwards, I tweeted at Mike of a picture with me and my cousin standing with Leonardo on the set of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Mike Ryan fan account saw that immediately befriended me on there. And eventually down the road, when this thing started, I got added to the, the Lower Ranger chat. That's awesome. I did not know that you uh, originated entertainment purposes. Very good. I, I did. I, I did on the, uh, on the, the place that is rarely named around here since a certain someone stepped down from heading it. Uh, I posted one time uh, that, when they were getting into betting, when Mike was really, you know, him and Stu Gotts were on heaters all the time, and they were using the phrase entertainment purposes, I posted on there, Mike should start playing the sound of a dolphin every time he says, you know, or the or a porpoise sound and, and call it entertainment porpoises. And I got downvoted into oblivion. People told me it was the dumbest shit they had ever heard. It was like, what a stupid idea. What are you talking about? And then Mike does it and it catches on. And before you know it, you know, that's just what they it's it's involuntary at this point point. You know, I hear the word entertainment and I immediately say porpoises. Absolutely. Can't help it. Perfectly on brand, by the way. So I guess we'd only really need to ask the question about when did you get the show? Because it sounds like the show was made exactly for you. So we'll skip that and go. <laughs> Favorite show moment. Favorite show moment. Uh, 
This is a hard one. You think I would have prepared better for this, right? Um, favorite show moment. It's like you've never listened to any of these podcasts before <laughs> where that question is asked. Why do I have to listen to them if I'm if I'm running point and, and hosting them, right? Um, favorite show moment would probably be Stugatz having to apologize to Jonathan Coachman. It is just, it's such a perfect encapsulation of you get everything between those two in that moment, right? You get the the weekend observations, you get Dan being hesitant at the at the end of it and and realizing, oh my God, we just stepped in a pile of it. Like you you can hear it in his voice before they come back from the break. And then when they come back, like I just imagine the shipping container like holding their head and like but also mixed with like them trying not to break out into into laughter the entire time but but when when Stu got to, it's also what i love about it so much is that as i know stugatz plays the character up of being stugatz but it was such an innocent thing like he never actually caught any heat for this i know jonathan coachman was like they're i think they're good with each other now but on the whole that is very dangerous waters he was in, right? That was a very tricky territory. But nobody thinks Stu Gotts is anything other than an idiot. Like, he, it was a genuine mistake, and nobody thought there was anything nefarious behind it or, or any kind, of, any kind of, of, of bad vibes there. So I, I love the fact that, that it happened. He immediately apologized, and then that was the end of it. It, it just became a funny story rather than something worse, which it could have it been. It is so uncomfortable. And again, there was nothing <laughs> malicious behind it, but it is. It's right. so you really listen to a lot of Jonathan Coachman and think he's really good. It When I do hear that, it makes me cringe. Favorite member of the Levitard universe? Favorite member? I would probably, it's it's hard to, to pass up my guy, Chris Cody. Um, I love them all because I think they all end up making one fully, fully fledged human being personality. You know, Dan is the, the intelligence Stugatz is the, the, the kind of undeserved bravado, the, the, you know what I'm saying? The, the undeserved confidence that, you know, particularly males can display from time to time. Mike Ryan is, is, uh, well, I will go through everybody. Chris Cody, let me get back to Chris. Uh, I love the fact that he plays up like the, the, he's willing to go out on a limb and put himself out there to be ridiculed about things to, you know, like the shopping cart issue. He, the, the dogs and fireworks issue. (laughs) He knows he's riling up the fans. He knows what's coming his way when he goes into that territory and he does it anyway. And I love him for it because I don't know if anybody follows me on Twitter. That's listening to this. I'm a bit of a troll online from time to time. And I know, I know people look shocked and, and horrified in, in between times when you're a 
account is uh, is suspended. Yes, you can. Yes, exactly, exactly. The the brief times that I'm able to actually post uh, between suspensions, I like to troll people from time to time, and Chris Cody does too, and Billy does as well. Billy has become more of a troll than I think just about anybody in the shipping container, and and Dan has picked up on that and loves to loves to go to that well. So I, I would probably say Chris, but it's it's a it's a tie between all of them. If I'm, if I'm being honest, Okay. Uh, second favorite number, second favorite number. I wasn't going to throw, be... throw colors at you. Cause you've been throwing out colors. I was going to do numbers. Cause I figured you were ready for the color <laughs> number for the color question. I would, I would go, uh, let's see. Second favorite number. 420. Okay. Favorite number. 69. Nice. And you have been uh, the host of all these other get to know your Lauer Rangers. And with every single one of them, you've said one of my favorites. And so we need to, we need to, it's true. We need, it's true. Uh, every exactly. single time. One of the, yes. But there's gotta be some ranked order. I want to know the top three Lauer Rangers that you've got. Uh, and there's no pressure with the fact that you and I have had a meal together and that I'm actually the one doing the interview here. So don't feel sure. Sure. To, um, Okay. All right. Then, then I won't, you know, I, I, I was going to say you, I, if I'm being honest though, it's no, probably no, don't be honest. Lie to us. Okay. Well, I mean, do you, do you want, you want polished, you know, professional crisp uh, or you want the truth? I want the truth. I want the Chrissy okay. that gets banned from Twitter. <laughs> uh, so my top three in no particular order. No, is it has probably... to be in particular order. That, that's the whole point of this. Shit. Every, everything that we're talking about is a particular order. Okay. Okay. Um, well then, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, top three is going to be Allie, Kyle and Schweitz. Going new school. I like that. That's yep, yep. very well done. Allie, Kyle and Schweitz. Yep. Uh, th- those are my top three favorite Lauer Rangers. Um, uh, mainly because they have caused me the least amount of headache out of all of you. Because, they're, these because, things. because they're brand new. And they, they exactly. don't have they don't have a history with them. That's good. <laughs> exactly. And, and you're, uh, you know what? You're probably one of their favorites because they don't know you that well yet. That's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely the truth. Well, this has been a blast. I know the format has been totally blown out. I knew it was going to be when I was hosting this, so we would just absolutely run long. But it's uh, it is great to chat with you one on one, and uh, I really enjoy the friendship that we've been able to develop. And can't wait to get up to Wilmington again, or maybe get you down here to Cartersville for GilCon coming up, and uh, we'll. Uh, We'll get to spend some face-to-face time again with you and your lovely wife. I'm thrilled to do that. I am so ready to get out of Wilmington at any chance. So, uh, yeah, uh, let us know the weekend that Gilcon's going to happen. I hear there's a bowling tournament as well. Is that is that true? To be determined. Billy says he wants it. Billy says his dad will come up for it. Uh, Lorenzo claims Heck he's yeah. coming. We're gonna we're gonna make this thing we're gonna make this thing happen. So all kinds of stuff going to be going on in Cartersville. So, uh, but anyway, Will, thank you so much. Get to know your Lauer Ranger. Will is the one that's been interviewing uh, throughout all these. This I'm Matt Santini. Uh, I get to handle those duties in this particular one. So it's been a great pleasure and make sure you keep it tuned to a whole bunch of stuff going on with Lauer after hours, bunch of different podcasts, people doing little side groups. Uh, some of it is takes an awful lot of time. Some of it only takes maybe about two minutes. Um, Jeff and Lou uh, only last two minutes. So take that for what it's worth. And so from there, again, 
get to know your Lauer Rangers and the whole family of Lauer After Hours stuff. I'm Matt Santini. Have a great time and again, explore all of the things Lauer After Hours has to offer, including shop at Lauer After Hours. listen to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.